Welcome back into Cut to the Chase. As always, I am your host, Chase Williams. And today, we're hopping right into things because we got something new for you guys planned. For the past year, you know, 10 months to be exact, I've been doing this podcast. We've been covering sports, you know, going on what is going on inside the sports world, stuff like that. But this whole time, I've always had this idea of kind of another realm, another series, another season, whatever you want to call it, uh, for this podcast. Where I wanted to, you know, be an interviewer, hear stories from athletes, um, from their time, stuff like that while playing that sport that they do. And so today, you're going to see my first interview of this new series, the interview series. Don't really have a name for it. We'll see what I title this. Um, but I, a few weeks ago, came up with this idea of that I would interview some student athletes from my school over the summer, see how it goes, because it ties in with some other ideas you may see throughout the rest of the summer with my podcast and future ideas I have. And, you know, I just want to talk about how did they get into the sport, um, growing up with the sport, some of the stories, memories, stuff like that. How did they get recruited for the sport, um, where they went, stuff like that, their college experience. And then, of course, what's in the future? We'll talk a little bit about the professional sport as well. So, you know, if they're a football player, we'll talk a little bit NFL, who's their favorite team, their favorite players. Um, who they grew up idolizing and you know like for example the NBA playoffs are coming on are on right now so if I'm talking to a basketball player I've of course got to ask them who their finals pick is and speaking of basketball my first interview is actually with Simon Wright you'll see a lot of basketball interviews I love basketball it's my favorite favorite sport so of course I'm going to be talking to a lot of Elon University athletes actually it's kind of the goal for this summer interviewing them um But Simon Wright, he just graduated. He's going to go on to play a grad year at Maryland next year. So we talk again. How did he get into the sport? Who he grew up idolizing? Some of those travel ball slash AAU and high school days. The recruiting process, how he chose Elon. Um, Some stories about his time at Elon. Of course, look forward to his year at Maryland. And then finally, we'll wrap up again talking about some of the NBA. I'm super excited for this. I'm super excited for some of the future ideas that I think are coming to my head. You know, that I have, I just, I got some things planned out for the next few months of the podcast. You guys will still see, you know, those kind of typical playoff updates uh, sports updates, you know, I'll still be bringing my friends on talking about sports, but you'll see probably about once a week or once every two weeks, an interview with mainly Elon athletes this summer. Um, maybe some few ex Elon athletes, maybe some athletes from different schools. We'll see what that is like. Um, but again, enjoy this interview with Simon, Wright. We're going to take a quick, quick commercial break and then we'll come right back. Hop into the interview. Welcome back into Cut to the Chase. Again, I'm your host, Chase Williams. And as I've mentioned already, a little bit of a different feel today as we're starting a little bit of an interview series here on the podcast. So first off, I have Simon Wright, a former Elon basketball player. Um, Simon, of course, thank you for coming on today. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing awesome, man. I uh, woke up, got got some shots up already. So that part of the day is over. So I'm just chillaxing and I'm looking forward to this. I mean, I did the same thing, probably not quite on the intense level you did. Uh, just went, played some pickup basketball with some friends early this morning, now ready to talk some hoops. So we'll hop right into it with how did you get into the sport of basketball? You know, how old were you? Was it just that it, it was one of the sports that you tried or was there like a game, maybe a player that really got you into the sport? When and how did you get into basketball? 
Yeah, so it was pretty early on. Um, I have an older brother who was super into basketball um, from the youngest age. Like, uh, I remember, I mean, there's pictures of us as toddlers just walking around in the house with the ball and stuff. And we had a little, we had like a four or five foot, like actual hoop in our Mm -hmm. basement that we would uh, play on all the time. So it was, it was always something that we, uh, we loved. And growing up in Minnesota, my grandpa had season tickets to the Timberwolves. And so we were going to those games all the time. We were diehard Timberwolves fans. Um, and and we kind of just got into it like that. And I did play I, I played soccer um, growing up and, and it got to a point um, in about like fourth or fifth grade where I was, you know, pretty competitive in both. And, you know, the soccer training was year round and the basketball training was year round. And I just had to pick one. And, um, you know, my brother had already made the decision to play basketball and, and he quit all his other sports. And so kind of just followed in his his path. Um and I, I did love – I was probably better at basketball um, than I was at soccer. And so we actually ended up moving, moving school districts uh, just for the, for the basketball program over at Hopkins High School in Minnesota in, in that district. So it was kind of a – it was something that I got into at a very young age. I, I loved, you know, watching the Timberwolves and, and going to all those games and just playing, like, literally all the time. Um, but in terms of favorite players growing up, there's one person that comes to mind, and that's Carmelo Anthony when he was on the Nuggets. Uh, I remember I even – for my fifth birthday, my hair was long enough, and I, I wanted cornrows just to be like Mellow. So, <laughs> so I had cornrows, and I was wearing the, you know, the Mellow Jordan shoes with the cornrows and the headband in my, in my rec, rec league games as young as five years old. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of something natural. You know, my parents never really pushed us into it, but – um, I think they saw the potential in us at a young age. And so, you know, they said, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. Um, so we, we, we got into it pretty intensely at a young age. And I mean, it's all paid off. And I'm just, you know, thankful that I was able to get into a sport like that. You know, I had the resources and, you know, knew the right people. And, and it just kind of took off from there. That's great. And your brother as well ended up playing D1 basketball, correct? Yeah. So he played he played one year at the Citadel in South Carolina, and then he transferred um, to Miami University in Ohio, okay. where, he, where he played three years there. And then he uh, did a grad transfer year again at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Oh. And so and he's uh, he scored over a thousand points in D1, um, you know, just a knockdown shooter and just an absolute gym rat. So I had you know, him to look up to, um, which was huge for me because I'm not going to lie. I, I wasn't probably as motivated as he was <laughs> at a young age. Uh, you know, like the workouts were never always, you know, you don't want to do something every single day, you know, like, I mean, there would be days where I'd wake up and not want to work out, but then he'd be, Oh, come on, come on, come on. So, uh, you know, I, I really probably owe a lot of credit to him, him and my dad, uh, my dad just for always taking us to the gym but definitely jake was definitely the biggest uh inspiration in my basketball career it's great to have a motivation factor like that you know an older brother older sibling that always helps push you to the next level but moving on to you know your high school slash travel ball days i know you won a state championship you were a three-year starter for your high school and actually won three conference champions during championships during that time 
But like, what moments from those years stood out? Were there any, you know, big names that people would know that you got to play against that who knows, maybe in the NBA or got to compete highly in the college level? Who were those names? Just what was like some of those moments that stood out? Yeah, so um, I came up in the AAU AAU ball days. I was playing for a team called Howard Pulley, um, who were in the EYBL. And, you know, on my team, when I was 15, I was playing with Trey Jones. He was our point guard. Um, and then on the, the kids my age who were playing up, we would just play them against, against them every day in practice, would be uh, Brad Davison from Wisconsin. Um, Gary Trent uh, was on that team. And so – you know, just getting thrown into, and I obviously I got into that to that uh program basically just because. Well, I, I I tried out for the team obviously and stuff, but my brother was a big. He'd been playing in that program, you know, playing up three years, uh, growing up. So I kind of it was kind of just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna play for Pulley, um, and so it it was it was really fun. And then when I got to my 16 U year, uh, I was honestly kind of fed up. I wasn't. You know, there was a ton of skilled guys on my team. I wasn't really getting the right looks I, I needed in order to be recruited at the level I wanted to be. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a tall, I was, I'm tall, but, you know, not, I'm not a, you know, high major center. <laughs> and so, and so I was playing with all these skilled guys, um, but I just wasn't really getting a lot of looks. And so I decided to, uh, to leave that program. And I played for this team called the Minnesota Comets. Um and it was I was the only D1 player on that team, but it was just a whole bunch of good guys. And and that's where I really saw my recruitment take off was that summer. But um, in terms of high school basketball, I'd say that one season where we won the state championship, um, it's, it's just unforgettable. Uh, we had Mr. Basketball in the state of Minnesota on our team, who is Amir Coffey, who's now on a two way deal with the Clippers. Um and I just remember we were 31 and one that year. And I remember we, we played, uh, we played Apple Valley in the final four of the state tournament. And it was basically, everybody thought like whoever was going to win that game was going to go on to win the next. Um, and it was a packed house at the target center. You know, I was a 16 year old kid, just like all caught up in it. And, uh, we ended up, and on that team was Gary Trent and Trey Jones. That was there. They were Apple Valley and then Hopkins. It was kind of the two powerhouses at the time. Um, and we actually went on to beat them by like 35 or something. Oh, just wow. shocked. Yeah, we shocked everybody. And it was like that That win felt so good. Because we, we, we played against them earlier that year. And it was a battle. And we ended up winning by like six or something at, at the uh, end of the game just by free throws. And so they, they were coming for revenge. And... And just to just completely just like run them out of the gym like that, it was it was awesome. And and when I look back, you know, I was never I was never really the leading scorer on any of those teams. Um, but I, I think that that like my development as just kind of a glue guy, a, a do everything guy who, you know, crashing the boards, hustle plays, all that. Like, I think that that playing with those types of players uh, really prepared me for the college level where I was going to have the same type of role. You know, I, I knew I was never going to be like just an, a leading scorer on a division one team. I knew that if I was going to play D one, I was going to have to kind of tune those other aspects of my game. And so being surrounded by so many talented players, I think we had, so I think we had seven, seven or eight kids that are, that were on that roster. Um, 
ended up playing division one basketball. And so that's kind of what we decided, like when uh, I grew up in the Minneapolis public school system. And so when I decided that I was going to end up playing basketball over soccer, uh, we just we moved to that school district right away and kind of just got in the pipeline. Um, so yeah, I think, I think being surrounded by those players, you know, just like high, high talented guys that, you know, you don't really get to play with that much at the high school level. Um, it just really propelled my development into, into the type of player I needed to be. And I also had a great coach, uh, Ken Novak Jr., who's like the all-time winningest coach in Minnesota. Um, he's had like 40 D1 guys. That school, which is like four times more than the second, the second school in the state. And so he, he just has this historic program. Um, and he really, he just, he knew everything about the game that I, that I needed to know at that age. And he, he would be the one telling me, he's like, listen, these guys aren't going to recruit you for that. This is what you need to work on. This is what you need to work on. And so honestly, growing up, growing up in Minnesota and playing for Hopkins, it was, it was probably the best situation in terms of basketball development. Um, and, you know, just looking back on that season, the 31 and one season, I still remember the one game we lost was to a conference. Uh, it was a conference matchup at home and I was just crushed. I remember bawling after that loss just cause I wanted to go undefeated. Um, because that's how, that's how good I thought we were. Um, but you know, we ended up still winning and, and I, I think we're one of, that was one of the best uh, high school teams Minnesota has seen. Um, so it was just really, really cool to be a part of that. And that's something that I'll remember forever and just obviously cherish forever, you know, those times. Yeah, that that's dope. I mean, Apple Valley is one of those schools I know about. I'm a huge and so following, you know, whether it's the AU circuit with the EYBL or just, you know, really successful high school basketball teams. Apple Valley with the Jones brothers are hard to not know about up there. So that's right. impressive. You you mentioned 31 and 1. Did you get revenge on the one team you guys lost to, or did you never face off again during that year? No, we didn't. So we we beat them before. It, it was, I think it was like our 18th game of the season. So it was our last time playing against them. Um, and then actually my senior year, uh, all the guys left except for, you know, me and my other captain, who was one of my best friends growing up since kindergarten. Um, but then they actually beat us in the section championship to go to state. So I never got revenge on those guys, which kind of still eat at me <laughs> to this day. That's tough. But I mean, you still got to win that state championship that year. That I think makes up for at least a little bit. Right. But moving on to the recruiting process. I want to know what was that process like? I mean, you mentioned you weren't that star player putting up 20 points a game. And uh, I mean, that's what to the casual eye people think you need to do to get into college bas- basketball, play at a D1 level. What was that process like? And what were the other schools besides Elon that were recruiting you? Yeah, so my recruiting process was uh, a little crazy. Um, so when I was when I was playing on that 15U Howard Pulley team uh, with Trey, we were really good. And we um, there was this one tournament in uh, Chicago, I remember and we were playing against uh mac irvin fire who's this who's a story program in chicago and it's kind of like the best of the midwest would be like howard Pol- um and so there would be and you know trey was obviously getting recruited by you know duke even at that young of an age 
And so there were tons of coaches. And that's really the first tournament that, you know, there were a ton of coaches at our games. Because, you know, 15-year-olds, you know, the coaches are usually looking at the 17U or 16U. And so I actually played really well that game. And then I got my first offer when I was 15 from Providence. Um, Ed Cooley uh, offered me at that age. And so that kind of – I don't know if it really got to my head or or what. um, But, you know, getting an offer like that as a 15-year-old was pretty crazy. And so – you know, immediately I had other high majors recruiting me, like Nebraska, Minnesota, um, like Creighton. And so I was kind of, I was kind of like expecting to be a high major basketball player. Um, and then my sophomore year, uh, everything kind of fell apart. I, I don't know exactly what happened. You know, the, the, I don't know if they were not satisfied with my performance during the high school season or whatever, but they just thought all the, all the schools stopped talking to me. And so I was kind of at a low point um, my sophomore year. And then, you know, I ended up playing for Pulley again that summer and, and I didn't get recruited that heavily. And so that's when I made the decision to change, um, change AAU teams. And so I really kind of blew up. So I was playing, up and then I decided, listen, I'm I'm not going to be able to touch the ball. I've got Trey Jones, Brad Davison, and Gary Trent all in the backcourt. Um, and so I decided to go to this team called the Minnesota Comets, playing on the NY2LA circuit, um, which you know was for my for my what I was wanting to do was play mid major. That was kind of where all the mid major coaches were going, and I had a lot of opportunities there. And so I ended up. Uh, being like first team all league and stuff there. And that's when my recruiting just took off. I had probably 20 offers by the end of the summer there, um, all from, you know, mid-major teams. Uh, But honestly, I took a visit to Elon and I was, I was hooked. I was sold. I I remember I went from Elon and then down to Furman who also offered me. Um, So we were just doing unofficial visits and, I went to Elon first and then I went down to have a two day visit and I just wanted to leave after the first day. I was like, no, I'm sick. Like this is not anything close to what I want compared to Elon. Um, And then, you know, my final, my final two were kind of like going in. I I, I wanted to commit early just because I absolutely hated talking on the phone with these coaches that I knew there was no chance of me going to their school but, you know, my parents would be like, oh, you can't burn any bridges. Like, you got to keep all options open. So, like, I'd be talking to Montana State on the phone for, like, an hour. And I, I was fed up. And so I really wanted to, to commit. Um, and it really came down to Northeastern and Elon. So both two CAA schools. Um, and I remember the, the Northeastern head coach was like, yeah, we want you bad. Like, first, uh, first, first game in July, you'll see us courtside at, at your game. And I remember they, they weren't there. And, yeah. and so I was like, that's kind of when I was like, oh, is where I want to be. And I, I was also looking for academics in a school. Um, I had never really, in high school, I, I kind of let my grades get away from me. Uh, I was more focused on basketball because I knew that was my ticket. Um, but I, I did want a good academic experience at like a liberal arts school. And uh, so it was really just Elon and Northeastern for me. And then I ended up committing to elon the week the week before um like the big july tournament and so i had all these coaches that were planning on coming to see me but 
like two days before the tournament started, I had committed to Elon. And so I just remember how, how like good I felt that I was, I had no pressure on me and I just went out and it was in Vegas. Uh, and we actually won the whole tournament <laughs> with my Minnesota Comets team. Uh, we beat an EYBL team, the Las Vegas prospects in the championship. And so that was pretty re- memorable for me, but I, I just felt so free and, and, uh, you know, even even though it didn't pan out the way I kind of wanted it to the first two years of my experience here, I think the last two years definitely made up for it. And just the the trajectory that Elon's going on now, like I I couldn't imagine of deciding to go to any other school. Yeah, it, it's funny. I interviewed Tyler Sebring, who actually I'm from the same town as him for for a school project this year. He kind of told the same story of once he went to Elon, it was pretty clear that that was the choice for him. So it's kind of a common theme I'm starting to see with some of our past players. And talk to me. I mean, you mentioned with the trajectory that Elon has right now, especially this past season, I feel like, I mean, we there was no doubt about a little bit of a rough start to conference play, but but the team got hot at the end. Was I mean, played really well, made it to the CAA championship, fell short against Drexel I was lucky enough to actually go to that game even though it ended up with a loss tell me a little bit about this year's team and what made it so special what made you guys all click at the end and go on the absolute run you guys had yeah so I'll say um the one thing about coach Shroggy and his staff that I've never you know experienced at any other team I've been on is just how he gets all of his players to believe and buy in um like even in high school, when we were when we were thirty one and one and won the state championship, there'd be there'd be days where like our star player would be like, you know, because he was going against what the coach said. Um, so just just the belief was unbelievable to be a part of. Uh, you know, from top to bottom, the whole the whole team was bought in, even when we were zero and seven in conference. Um, and you know, you never lost hope or anything, and. It was actually that uh, it was the Charleston split where we kind of got. So whenever we had a bad conference loss earlier in the season, uh, we would watch the film that night because, you know, you play him again the next day. So you got to prepare and you got to see what you did wrong and try to fix it. And so we'd have like these four hour film sessions that were just, you know, kind of dreadful. Like every nobody really wants to be a part of that, you know. And so. I remember after that Charleston loss, we got grilled by Charleston and, and we were just waiting in the, in the meeting room in the hotel for Shiragi to come in and, you know, set up film. Um, and he walks in and he's like, Hey, we're not watching film. We're going to get ice cream. <laughs> and, and everybody was like, what? Like, is he serious or is he joking right now? But we ended up just walking down downtown Charleston uh, and kind of just hung out as a team and like kind of forgot about basketball for a little bit. Um, and then, you know, the next morning we came out and we were firing on all cylinders at Charleston and we kind of just rode that wave. Um, but man, it was so special to be a part of, I've never been a, been around a group of guys who have, you know, stuck, stuck with something so much. We're zero and seven in conference and everybody is like, you know, completely bought into what coach is doing and just from top to bottom, I like, I don't know if it would have been possible with a, a different group of guys. Um, it was just so it was so great to be a part of. And, you know, we did we did come up short, but I mean, I think it was the farthest Elon's gotten in the CAA tournament, and so definitely something to build on for the future. And you know, I'm not a part of it, but 
but I'll for I'll forever feel you know like I am a part of a part of what's going on with Coach Rog at Elon. Yeah, it was a phenomenal group to watch. You know, I was lucky enough I got to call one of the games for radio. I think it was it was the JMU game in the CAA tournament, and I mean, you guys were just a lot of fun to watch. When you guys started clicking. It was just, you could see kind of the whole switch. Like, everyone just was in a better mood. Everyone, I mean, played some of their best basketball. And yeah. I, really, I I feel like, you know, if it was a typical season um, or instead of, you know, tournament where you're playing day after day, I think that Drexel game could have turned out different. But, I mean, four games in four days, that's yeah. tough. And so following up, kind of talking a little bit more about this season because it was so unique. Were there different, I mean, obviously there were different challenges with dealing with, you know, people being out, missing games because of COVID, all that. But what were some of the, you know, the unique challenges people weren't thinking of in such a bizarre season you guys had this year? Yeah, I think, you know, the most, the hardest thing was definitely um, just keeping to ourselves, you know, like we had we had two different quarantine phases um, where we weren't even allowed to leave our apartments. And some people, luckily I I didn't have to go to the hotel, but some people were put in a hotel room um, just for two weeks, not allowed to leave, you know, food showing up at your door, but it was kind of a sacrifice that we had that uh, after those two quarantines, because we realized, Oh, if we have it one more time, like our season's over, there's no coming back from that. And so, honestly, just, like, having to stay away from all your friends, you know, not being able to go out to eat at restaurants, um, it was pretty much just, like, hoops, and then you go back home, you know. And and that can be hard, you know, without without a good, like, social balance. Um, like, for me, a lot, of my, a lot of my friends outside of basketball were the kids I was living with. Like, my roommates were on the golf team, and a couple of them were just regular students. Um, and so, you know, having to stay away from them and cause you know, I, I, I didn't know what everybody else was doing, you know, if they were all following the guidelines and everything. And I, I didn't want to risk anything, you know, for my senior season. And so I think the hardest part was probably just, you know, staying focused and staying motivated through that whole thing. Um, like it'd be tough. I would just have to go home. I'd call my parents. You know, I'd, I'd watch whatever was on, <laughs> but, uh, but there was no, there was no, uh, like leaving, going out, hanging out with people. So I think that was tough and that can be harder, harder on other people than me. I think, you know, I'm a pretty, I keep to myself anyways. Um, but I can imagine that was probably the hardest part for a lot of the guys, you know, after a huge win, like uh, celebrate and blow off some steam, um, that was definitely the hardest and, and it was just, there, there wasn't really, you know, work-life balance in the workplace is really important. And it, it was hard to achieve that balance. You know, it was just kind of all hoops all the time, which some people love and some other people can struggle with. Um, but I mean, that was all sports this year, you know, getting COVID tested three times a week. You, you don't want to really risk anything. Not, not at all. And so right. to wrap up your time with Elon, I just like, what's one of those memories whether it's on the court, off the court, that really stood out to you that just, you know, is a memory you'll never forget at, with your time at Elon. Yeah, so obviously, you know, the whole CAA tournament run. Um, but our favorite... Uh, my favorite moment was um, at Charleston last year. So not, not this past season, but the one before. It was their senior night, and uh, they had... 
Grant Riller. Um, they actually beat us like two weeks before. It was a pretty good game on at, at Shar Center, and so we were going there. Um, and I had a couple defensive mistakes in the first half and whatnot, and I, I wasn't really playing my best. Um, and then I remember one of our coaches, Mark Adams, he pulled me aside at halftime and he was like, what's going on? Like, come on, we need you to be you like, wake up, let's go, let's go. And he just got me all juiced up. And he, he went out there and rebounded for me before the start of the second half. Um, and then we really put together a good half of, of basketball. And, and I remember I scored like, I think I scored 10 points in the final five minutes to kind of put them away. Um, and that was, you know, it was their senior night. It was sold out. I don't know if you've been to their arena at Charleston, but it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool arena. Um, and, you know, Grant Riller, who was a, one of the best players that had played there, it was his senior night. And, and actually the year before we played him on their senior night too, and they just completely ran us out the gym, showboating and everything. And so just getting that win and that revenge and silencing that crowd, um, I think that that's probably, that's something I'll never forget. Was that was that win right there? That was probably my favorite. Besides, you know, this CAA tournament run was pretty spectacular as well. I mean, that CAA tournament runs probably something I won't forget. I probably haven't been more hyped for my school's basketball ever than in that little run right there. You guys were phenomenal to watch. But let's move on into, you know, you're going to play at Maryland next year. What made you decide Maryland was the place you wanted to play at? Yeah, so originally um... – the season um, and I said you know listen coach I, like, I would love to come back for another year but I realized like you guys don't have spots um, and you know being a part of like that growth at Elon it was kind of I, I didn't really want to just you know play at another another mid-major school that you know I, I have a lot of insight to the college basketball world through my brother you know mm-hmm. who played at three different schools and three different programs and you know the two years prior to to Shroggy coming you know, they weren't, they weren't exactly fun to me. And, and I, I kind of realized that like there was, I didn't really want to remember my college basketball career any other way than, you know, what we did at Elon. And so I actually, I was not going to play, um, but I was applying to graduate school because I, I want to be a clinical psychologist. And so I was looking at master's programs for that. Um, and so I applied to St. John's, Maryland and Northwestern and I got into St. John's in Maryland um and so I went up and visited Maryland and I I loved the campus and everything and I was I was fully set on just being a student there (laughs) and so I signed my papers and everything um and then Andrew Dockich uh had a friend who walked on at Maryland and I don't know if you know Andrew walked on (laughs) at uh State and Michigan and so he was like, dude, they, they would totally love having you and stuff. And so he sent my film or he's I, I guess he just put the word in there. Um, and I guess Turgeon watched my film and, and they called me and, you know, said, listen, this is something it's, it's something you can be a part of. It's going to be special this year. Like they're they're picked in a lot like top 10 in a lot of the preseason polls. Um, and, you know, they told me you can come in and just be a practice player if you want or you can come in and just work every day and actually earn minutes um they said they never really had a walk on to my caliber you know because i could have i probably could have transferred and gone to another division one school and got a scholarship um but you know i thought it would kind of be like a wasted year if, if they didn't have the the master's program that i wanted um and so you know they kind of sold me on that is you know the xfinity 
it's just something you can't really say no to. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be heading up there next Monday and uh, just getting to work. I'm going to be trying to, I'm gonna be trying to earn minutes and, and do everything I can just to help the team. Uh, and I think it's going to be something really cool to be a part of. So, so I originally I, I was I was set on you know leaving my college basketball career at at just just Elon. That's kind of how I wanted to remember it. Um, but you know you can't really turn down an offer like that when it comes along. And so, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, I mean, playing Big Ten basketball is is phenomenal. I'm I'm from Illinois. My favorite basketball team is Michigan. Um, when you look at the Power Five schools, at least, and so I, Big Ten basketball, it's something else. They beat up on each other, but it should be a good season. And and Maryland does have a good team. You fit really well into it. From everything I've looked at, it should be exciting. I'm excited to see you play, and best of luck, of course. But. Before we wrap up, you know, we got to talk a little bit about the NBA. You know, you mentioned you're from Minnesota. I'm assuming since you went to so many Timberwolves games that they are your favorite team. Yeah, so once they uh, once they got rid of Kevin Garnett, my grandpa actually was fed up with the franchise and got rid of his season tickets. Um, so it was a dead period. But I do like I'm, I'm all they probably are the ones that I follow the most. Um, besides, you know, LeBron, I'm a huge, huge LeBron guy. And so watching that game last night wasn't wasn't too fun but um I'd like I'd like to see the Lakers do well but I I realized without Anthony Davis that's a pretty tall task um you know the Suns team is pretty good um and and I I like watching the Nets obviously who doesn't like watching that you know their (laughs) offensive firepower um and they're honest they're probably my pick to win it is the Nets but I I would love to see LeBron like cement his legacy as the greatest ever, even more by Lakers team. But I just think it, it might be too tall of a task this year without AD. I, I tend to agree. Um, I'm a Heat fan first. LeBron got me into basketball for the most part, when, especially in those big free days. And when LeBron left, you know, he still had a special place in my basketball heart. But I've been a Heat fan through and through. But I got to admit, I'm really loving the Suns team. Devin Booker yeah. was my preseason MVP pick. It didn't quite pan out, but he had a great season. They had a great season. I'm just, at this point, with my heat getting swept by the Bucks. I'm just hoping whoever wins the Suns-Lakers series goes on to win it all. Um, who are some of your, you know, your favorite basketball players? You've already mentioned Carmelo Anthony, but who are some of your, you know, your current favorite basketball players? Obviously, probably still Melo, but there's got to be some stars out there you love as well. Yeah, so I love I think one of my favorite players to watch uh is probably Luca. Like just the pace he plays at and at such a guy who kinda has a body type of me. You know, he's not the most athletic or anything. Um so that's always super entertaining to watch him. Um and then I also like watching Trey Young. So he, he has a lot of Steph and pace to be a big Steph guy. Uh, growing up as well and so you know just the shooting ability and just how it spaces the floor out and you know they gotta they literally have to have people picking them up when they cross half court it's just it's just crazy how that's what basketball has come to um but yeah trey young uh luca steph obviously lebron um and and the blazers yeah with uh damian lillard i mean what he did last night was just crazy yeah. i, I that blew my mind. That was such a good game. I love watching. Yeah, I just, I just love watching like just unreal, like things that 
I never thought I would see. Like I would, I never thought I would see a shooter like Damian Lillard or Steph. You know, uh, but that's just the way that basketball is going because they changed the game. Um, but yeah, I, I love watching pretty much any NBA game. I just love watching how skilled they are. It's like everybody is just so good. Um, you know, sometimes during the regular season it might not be as intense, or you know, some people. Some people don't like watching it because they they just don't think they compete hard enough or something. But but I love just watching the skill and I and I realize especially with the with the guys who haven't really you know had had a big contract like they're they're out there grinding just to try to you know it's their job. Um, so I can see that perspective from them, and, and that's just so entertaining to me. And I love watching the NBA every every uh, every point of the season. Yeah, I think there's there's no sport better than basketball. I absolutely love it myself. I think the best way to wrap this up is who do you got, who do you have meeting in the NBA finals and who's going to win it in your opinion? Okay, so I I did originally have the Lakers and the Nets. Um I still think whoever's going to get out of that series is going to meet them. So I'd say if it's not the Lakers it'd be the Suns. Suns Nets final. I would love to see the net or the Suns win that, but I I just think the firepower from the Nets is too much, and I I do think that they're going to get a ring, and and that'll be fun to see. But uh, yeah, definitely probably the Nets over the Suns or the Lakers. Whoever wins that series, like you like you said, the, uh, that would be a phenomenal finals. I mean, the, two just super fun teams to watch. Two of the most fun teams to watch. I know some people aren't huge Nets fans of what they built. But, I mean, th- those are two great teams. But, Simon, uh, thank you for coming on. It's been, it's been a pleasure and a great first interview for the Summer Series. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I look forward to, to following your podcast. And I look forward to watching you play Maryland. You know, I'll be cheering for you. Maybe it'll be hard to cheer against my Wolverines. But, you know, I think I can do it for someone who, you know, played at Elon. Of course, Elon will always be first in my heart. So, of course, thank you to all the listeners. This is Cut to the Chase, and we out.